Drogba in der Mitte, Schneider, Schneider, Merhaba, merhaba. Welcome to episode 77 of the Lion's Den, a Galsai podcast done by the community for the community. Today, I'm, I'm Yasin, your host with John from Canada, and we're bringing to you the latest game, which is a Gaziantep game that was played today. We're recording live afterwards. Uh, we've, we've done a bad job of keeping up with the podcast for the last few weeks of, as we apologize on the last two episodes. So, we thought, why not record another back-to-back episode only a matter of days after the last one while we have two guys available. So here with me is John. John, how you doing, my man? I'm good, man. I'm good. We're trying to uh, push this content out for everyone. And uh, yeah, like you said, we're so sorry for missing, I don't know how many weeks. But like I was saying a couple episodes ago with Emery, it's so like you might think having four or five, six people on a podcast makes it easy, but it's still really difficult to find, you know, people that are just available at the same times and whatnot. So but we're, we're doing our best, bro. We're doing our best, you know? Absolutely. And, you know, even if it's just the two of us, as long as we got a couple of guys to talk about the game, I think that's enough. So, yes, sir. Um, I mean, with that said, guys, today is what, two days after the last episode of Amer and I, so really not a lot of new transfer news to talk about there have been some updates with some of the players that emma and i talked about that were rumored since what is it yesterday two days ago since we last recorded but it's not enough to really say this is new information uh, you know in terms of transfers there we're really working on a left back a right back we'll talk about it actually in terms of what coach said after the game okamburuk and what he's looking for so we'll, we'll get into that a little bit later but in terms of recent news, nothing really new. So, John, I think we can get right into the Gaziantep game, which was honestly one of the crazier games this season, especially compared to the games that we've been witnessing for the last, I would say, two months now, right? Yeah, absolutely. This one was uh, a bit of fun, we can say. Um, so, yeah, I'll, I'll get into it then. So, this was round 23 of the Super League. We were at home playing against Gaziantep. This was a 2-1 victory for us, which didn't really come that easy there was a an opponent much tougher than Gaziantep in this match which we'll <laughs> uh we'll talk about but I'll get into our uh starting 11 first so we had of course Muslera in goal Khan Ihan playing right back after the departure of Sasha Boy Victor Nelson Davinson Sanchez and Berkan playing left back actually which was kind of one of the talking points and surprises in this match we had um, Karam Demirbay, Lucas Torreira, Mertens, Karam, Akturkolo, and Barish. And of course, the big man Akardi up front with Zaha on the bench for this one. We will get into some stats here as well. This one finished with us having 76% possession. We had an XG of 3.18, 33 total shots with nine on target, and a whopping five shots off the post i think it was five i lost count i think it was five as well it might it might have been four there was one shot that hit the crossbar in the post and the same shot i don't know if that was four or five but yeah wait way too fucking many way how many that too, counted, bro. i i couldn't believe it like i i did uh pull up a, a list here that i had saved so we had Ecardi hit the crossbar Kerem Demirbay hit the crossbar from a free kick. We had Mertens hit the post. I think Mertens was the one that hit two posts on one shot, I think it was, right? Yep, yep, yep. We had Zaha hit the post on a deflection. And then we had Halil hit the post. And this was absolutely unbelievable. I think, you know, I guess probably the main talking point of the match, despite, you know, us having a victory and you know some other things some late some late drama in the match but 
Yeah, this was unbelievable, um, the amount that we hit the post. And you have to ask yourself, I think after hitting it 19 times, I think it was, Yasin, this season so far, I think that that's the correct number. I don't know if you... Prior, prior to the game, I think it was like 18. Oh, uh, yes, that's right. That's right. That's right. So we're, in, yeah. we're into the 20s here now. So <laughs> I don't know if that's a record for Super League. I'm not sure. I, I would imagine it probably is because we're in... I mean, we're in January here and we've hit the post over 20 times. So um, we'll have to keep an eye on that. I think it's it might be a bigger number towards the end of the season. But yeah, what what did you think? What did you think of the match and how we played and uh, how everything went? First off, just, you know, on the lineup real quick, we're, we're constantly seeing our Jokers be Jokers, right? So last week we had Kanaihan at left back and I think it was Barish Alper at right back. This this game, we're seeing Batkan Kutlu at left back, mm-hmm. Khan Aihan at right back, and Barish Alper, who turned out to be the hero of the game with a beautiful strike. The guy who's been playing back for weeks now, play right wing. So, you know, this, this guy, Barish Alper Yamaz, Khan Aihan, even Batkan Kutlu to an extent, right? These guys are being tasked to play positions that are not necessarily their A positions, their main positions. And they're doing, I would say, a pretty good job. Obviously, we're not playing the likes of United and Bayern Munich. If we were playing these guys out of position versus teams like that, maybe the story is a little bit different. But for the Super League and, you know, what we're being asked for them, I think they're doing an incredible job. So props out, you know, mad, mad respect to them. Okan uh, Buruk is being tasked to, you know, play these lineups that I'm sure he doesn't love either, right? So respect to him to get the best out of their players and positions that they're not familiar with. So, you know, I hope we don't have to talk about this going forward. Uh, you know, playing players that are not left back, left back, right back, and so on. So, uh, credit to those guys. Um, so, starting off with that, uh, I do appreciate that from the team. And overall, I think after a iffy performance last time around against Istanbul Sport, we played home again. Very fortunate for us. It's always nice to play in front of the home crowd. I think we looked very good today, John. I mean, you just laid out the statistics. We had, what, 3.2 XG, mm-hmm. nearly 80% ball position, 33 shots on, tar- uh, you know, shots in total. If that doesn't tell you domination, I don't know what does. Obviously, looking at the scoreboard, 2-1 doesn't really say that to you at first sight. But, you know, it was, it was a lot of fun to watch that the team was constantly attacking, even though we were a goal down to start the game, right? It was, I think, in the 29th minute, it looks like. Arda on Gaziantep scored. Once again, we fell behind, just like the Istanbul Sport game. I believe it was the same situation. Mm-hmm. And this team didn't give up. Uh, it was thanks to the crowd, thanks to the players, the motivation, uh, the desire to win. And obviously, Okan Buruk for making the changes that he needed to in the second half to get home this win. So, uh, a lot, a lot of fun to watch this game. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Like you mentioned, a similar start in this match as uh, we had in the uh, Istanbul Sport match. We we went down 1-0 in the uh, 29th minute. And it it was interesting. Like I was was telling some of you guys during the match, if you watch back the goal that they scored, it was like Victor Nelson was like holding Barish back almost. I think Nelson thought that he was a Gaziantep player. (laughs) <laughs> you know, and they 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 just kind of got, you know, jumbled up for a second. And by the time they realized what was happening and they actually put a bit of pressure on the player, he already had enough time to receive the ball, control it, bring it down, put in a cross, and they scored. So if you didn't notice that during the match, watch the highlights. Look at Budish and look at Nelson. It's so weird. Nelson is like boxing him out. And then it's like maybe Budish said something or Nelson realized and then they were like, oh shit. And then they both started pressing at the same time, right? So that was a ridiculous goal to concede. But um, like you said, we, uh, we, you know, found a way back and um, we didn't, we didn't sort of, uh, you know, make a mess of it and, you know, cry the whole game about it. We, we found a way back and forgot to mention, we had Zaha scoring the first goal for us and Barish, like you mentioned, scoring in, uh, I think it was stoppage time or just about the 90th minute. Um, But uh, yeah, I I thought that, I thought we played really, really well. This match, like you said, the 80% possession, I mean, that kind of tells the story right there. Like we were just in full control of this match. You know, we were attacking the entire match. They 
they couldn't really do anything. They couldn't get the ball. They couldn't, you know, build up. They, you know, they, they were just trying to counter us the whole game. And there, there was even a point uh, in the match, they were playing with six defenders or six men back. Like, I don't know if you noticed that, but mm-hmm. uh, someone pointed it out in a uh, little group chat that we have there. But um, yeah, honestly, we found a way to sort of break them down and, and get these goals. It took a little bit of, you know, some heroics from Budish, but we got the job done overall. And um, I, I forgot to mention as well, maybe you can comment on this, Yasin. So mm. according to both FOTMOB and SofaScore, our best player, our highest rated player was Mertens. Um, mm. And the second highest rated player on FOTMOB is Torreira. And on uh, SofaScore, it's also Torreira. So basically, Mertens, Torreira, and Berkan were the three highest rated players for us. Well, Mertens, you know, he didn't get his goal today, unfortunately, because of the post and the crossbar yep. at the same shot as we mentioned. But I thought he did a pretty good job distributing the ball. Yeah, you know, Mertens, given his age, you know, his consistency is of question sometimes, right? You know, one game he plays incredible at that number 10 role. He's all over the pitch. He's creating. Sometimes he's so busy trying to defend and help out the midfield. You feel like his presence in the attack is kind of not there. And you say, well, this is why coach plays Kedem at number 10 instead. Today was one of those games where I thought he did everything that you asked of him and you expect from him. Uh, we were able to attack all game long, and that's thanks to Mertens as well. Obviously, the rest of the guys had their touch in it as well. Icardi being up top made a big difference. You know, they kept the defenders busy, multiple defenders busy. So that gave space for the other guys to kind of roam the pitch, ask for the ball a little bit easier. But good good on Mertens, man. I'm actually kind of surprised that he got as high as of a stat he did, given that he didn't have a goal. Uh, I'm just checking here if he if he had an assist and no, it doesn't look like it. The first goal was assisted by Halid and the second goal was kind of like a deflection off of a shot from right, Icardi. Right. That Budish absolutely destroyed the ball into the back of the net. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it, that says a lot. You know, the fact that the, the guy didn't have a goal or an assist and he still is a high, most highly rated player by a margin. I mean, what else can you say about that? Yeah, I mean, uh, Mertens, like we've been saying for for forever now, basically, like considering his age, I, I still think that what he brings to the team is just, it's just phenomenal, man. Like a guy at his age, he's, and, and I mean, you are right. It is kind of interesting. Like he, he didn't score, he didn't get an assist, but he is our, our highest rated player. But um, he probably wouldn't be my personal man of the match, but it doesn't necessarily surprise me either. You know, like he's just all over the pitch, man. Like defensively, like he he wins the ball. He brings the ball forward. He he's playing those key passes. He's trying, he's shooting the ball. He's trying to score. He's taking some set pieces like from the corner. He's just everywhere. He's all over the pitch. So it's I'm not really surprised he is the man of the match. He probably wouldn't be my man of the match because I would have to say today, for me, I would probably have to give it to either Barish or Berkan, I would say. And maybe we can wow. uh, maybe we can unpack Berkan because bro, I don't know I don't know if I'm if I'm alone on an island here, but I thought Berkan today played amazing, bro. I thought he did fantastic. I don't know if you feel the same, but I don't know, bro. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'm very happy to hear that because if you guys have been listening to this podcast for since the beginning, you know that I'm a fan of Berkan Kuku, <laughs> you know, not necessarily because he's the best quality player on the pitch or on the team not necessarily because he does one thing exceptionally well but because he you know is a i would say an overall solid player right he time to time he can shoot the ball if he wants to is it always on target <laughs> not necessarily but he can shoot the ball he can pass the ball he can switch the ball uh, i think he's very disciplined on the pitch right the first year he was here we had no organization, no proper midfield, and he was covering the entire field at all times. He was your, he was essentially Lucas Torreira from Wish.com. And <laughs> listen, that that's a compliment too, in in a way, because he's he's a joker in that he's a Turkish player, right? So uh, very happy to hear that, and I agree with you, John. Berkan Kutlu today looked damn impressive. I didn't expect that. As big of a Berkan Kutlu fan as I am, I did not expect that performance from today because. 
I, I don't remember if it was under Torrent or if it was, if it was under Kunz with the Militakum, but... Yeah, it was Militakum, yeah. Definitely Militakum at least once, right? Yeah. He played... He played the left back position, and honestly, I didn't like it then. If I remember correctly, I was like, "This is interesting." You know, he's a left-footed player, so playing left back, he's disciplined. He has his stamina. He can go up and down. Uh, he understands the game pretty well. I think he has decent IQ for a football player. But it didn't look good at the time. Today, he did did a good job. You know, his communication with Davidson Sanchez, I thought they were well balanced. I thought he played decently well with Kedem, uh, behind Kedem, even though Kedem didn't have the best game. I thought he knew when to come back, when to go forward. And his one-touch passing, like, this is one thing that I do like about Berkham Kutlu, is he knows how to, how to make decisions quickly. Uh, he's no Schneider, obviously. He's not going to be making a pass, you know, one-touch every single time. But I think he reads the game pretty well and knows how to make... He's brave enough to make those one-touch or quick you know, hard, low-on-the-ground passes between defenders. And I think we saw that today a little bit on the left side. You know, he had given goals with Demirbay. Uh, he was able to play even sometimes uh, with Kedem on the left side, Icardi. Uh, he had one or two decent crosses, if I remember correctly, but he looked solid. Uh, is this something that, John, we feel comfortable seeing week in, week out going forward? Probably not, but... He definitely deserves his praise after being sent out on loan, coming back. You know, his spot is still not guaranteed and being able to play and give that much trust on his in his first game as left back like that, huge props to him. Yeah, and I mean, you know, I, I was going to mention, I, I mean, it's a little bit difficult. I don't want to take anything away from him, but it's a little bit difficult to fully judge when you have 80% yeah. possession in a match, you know, like... <laughs> They didn't attack him really at all. Um, maybe the few times, you know, I thought for the most part he held his own. But, um, you know, I mean, it would be interesting to see in a little bit more of a difficult match. But then you have to ask yourself, do you want him playing there in a more difficult match? I'm, I'm not entirely sure. I'm inclined to say no. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it, it is risky. And man, I have to say, like, the disrespect to Kazimjan... Bro, Kazimjan yeah. is probably saying to himself, I'm finished. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm finished, bro. He's seen Khan come through his position. He's seen Barish come through his position. He, now he's seeing Berkan Kutlo come, in, come through his position. Now he's reading in the news that we're, you know, we're trying to sign a new left back. So I'm sure he's not feeling the best. And I don't think he's that bad, to be honest with you. Like, in a match like this, I'm kind of surprised he didn't get a chance. Um, but what do you think about that? Like, is, is Kazimjan done? Is that it? You know, I'm, I'm trying to wonder now, like, think if, if I saw any rumors of an injury or anything like that and nothing is coming to mind, right? Like the first, my first layer of excuse and reason, rhyme and reason is, okay, maybe he's injured, but nothing comes to mind like that. And if you look at his most recent performance prior to being benched for as long as he's been, I'm not going to lie. They didn't look good. They didn't give trust. Mm -hmm. Uh, Okan Buruk, I think, you know, we have a very good defensive record in the season. Uh, he, I think he likes to have reliable players in that back position. Kazimjan has not provided that. And I think he is kind of sending a message as well, right? To the Yonetim and to the board saying, hey, look, I need a back. And Kazimjan is not a guy that I can trust. And because of that, I'm having to play Khan Ayhan. I'm having to play Barish Alper Yilmaz. I'm having to play Berkan Kutlu at left back. You brought me Angelino, who is now gone mm -hmm. to Roma, I believe. Yep. So like, these are all messages from the coach saying, look, I need an A-level left back. Kazimjan is not it. I don't trust him and don't expect me to trust him either. And I... You know, whether we don't see what goes on in training, of course. Um, Kazimjan also has not put in performances either, John, where you you can say to yourself, I disagree with Okanoja. Right. That's not that, that's not a situation I find myself in. Sometimes he doesn't play players and I'm like, really? Like I saw otherwise. This is not a situation where I can say that. So hopefully the management got the got the uh the message from Okanoja here. I hope Cousin John is handling it okay. You know, in a situation like this, you know, it, it, that, that's got to be difficult, as you just mentioned, right? All these guys that don't even play left back yep. are playing left back ahead of me. 
fortunately, I think he, you know, he's on the younger side. I think he has a good attitude from everything I've seen since we bought him. He seems like a very nice, bright kid. He, I've never seen him necessarily down or have mental issues or anything like that. Uh, so hopefully he has the support that he needs. I, I completely trust Okan Hoja to be giving him that support in the background, even though it's not being displayed with minutes on the pitch. Um, and you just hope that he turns it around in the future. I mean, he's a he's a melee player for the youth team, so he still has a confidence from there. He knows he can turn it around. And uh, whether that's going to be a loan spell next season or maybe make his way into cup game minutes, we'll see. But yeah, man, that's that's got to be tough. That's that's a good that's a good point there. Yeah, I think um, I think what you said is probably what we're going to end up seeing, and that is him going on loan. Um, I, I think if, you know, if we bring in a uh, first choice, you know, first 11 left back, and then we have guys in the team like Barish and Khan that can play there. If something were to happen, I, I, I can't, I can't see Kazim John's future here for now. Right. But like you said, he's, he's still a young player and, you know, he might take the Emin Bayram uh, route and go on loan somewhere and, you know, try to improve. But um, aside from Kazimjan and this whole left back uh, area, I, I wanted to to talk about Barish as well. And um, we did mention a few minutes ago, you know, we have this guy, Barish, and I'm not, I, I don't want to repeat the same thing every single week, but bro, we have this guy that can play left back, right back, left wing, right wing and striker and he's kind of like he kind of has the same effectiveness in all five of those positions and that's unbelievable and he started <laughs> he started the match right wing today then he moved to left wing and ended up scoring just an absolute beamer of a goal on his weak foot to win the match but I don't know, man. Like, I don't, you know, the thing with Budish now that I'm, I'm maybe not worried about, but just something that I've kind of been thinking is, what do you think the future looks like for Budish in our team? You know, like, we have apparently first choice left back and right backs coming. So I'd imagine we won't be seeing him there too often now, right? If we can secure those transfers. The left wing is pretty much tied up with Kerem and Zaha. So do you think, is, is Barish our first choice, you know, right winger? Or are, we, it, it, are, are our wings sort of cemented with Zaha and Kerem? Like, where does Barish fit into all of this? Because to be honest with you, at this point in the season, I'm not exactly comfortable sending him to the bench. <laughs> you know? Well, I I agree with you as things stand, right? Um, we're missing quite a few players that maybe would normally give him a challenge for his spot in any of those positions, right? He's been playing back out of necessity. I can't even speak right now. But uh, <laughs> he's playing back when he's not really necessarily supposed to. Yeah, He's playing the wing when he's not normally a starter, right? We would have Ziyech there, Zaha, Kerem. And even Tete. Tete is a guy that we thought would be playing decent minutes at the wing position. He's rumored to be leaving. Yeah. Now, it really depends. The way, the, it's tough to answer your question because I don't know if we're going to be bringing a starter caliber winger. If we are, then it's tough for me to say Budish should be playing there, assuming we bring in an actual starter caliber winger. I love Budish. But <laughs> it's, a, it's a really interesting question, John, because... I'm not sure how to answer it. It, it. I don't think he is a concrete answer to any of the positions that you just mentioned. Mm -hmm. I really don't. Mm -hmm. You know, he's done a good job in all of them. But can I say that he is guaranteed he is an absolute must start in any of those positions? My answer is no. He scored a phenomenal goal today. That doesn't change my opinion. And I know there's some big buddish fans out there listening. Shout out to you, Brad. Uh, I know you're a big Budish fan. I know many are. But imagine, you know, prime Kedem, right? Not his current state where he's making the mistakes. Imagine bringing a player of his caliber for the wing 
or Zaha's caliber for the wing in addition to Kerem and Zaha. Where does Buddy start then? Where does he play then? I'm not sure. And before I pass this back to you, because I'm curious what you think about this too, is maybe the answer is we're not going to ever see where he is established for this team. And the reason why I say that, John, is because there's rumors that came out after the game that apparently Manchester United was watching this game at the stadium for Barishal Periyamaz. And that's in addition to the rumors over the last few days that we have received offers for Barish anywhere between, I heard, 9 million to 11 million, and we're asking for 15. I'm not, like, these are not your best tier sources, so take it with a grain of salt, but it doesn't surprise me either. So with that said, John, <laughs> what do you think? Do you, do you have a position for him where, I mean, you said yourself, I, I don't know if I can put him on the bench, but assuming you bring a, a starter caliber winger, is that still the case for you? Yeah, well, first of all, I didn't know that whole Manchester United thing. I'm not going to lie. I got goosebumps when you said that. I got goosebumps, <laughs> bro. Oh, my God. Manchester United were watching the match, the match for Budish. That's crazy, bro. But anyway, um, I don't know. I don't know either, man. Like, it's so... It's just so difficult. It's such a difficult situation to navigate. Like what he's done for the team in the last few weeks, it's just been immense, bro. Like I, I don't, and and he's he's operating at a level now that I don't feel that comfortable putting him on the bench because he's use he's useful. He's really useful. Like he makes an impact for us, right? And now he's playing more. He's been playing consistently. He's starting to draw attention. His price tag is starting to go up and I don't, I don't know. Like there, it just, it doesn't, it just doesn't sit right with me um, to, to, to bench him right now. It just doesn't sit well with me. If you ask me what I would do with him right now, this is what I personally would do with him right now. And I know there's going to be a million people as usual who are, are going to disagree with what I say and say I'm being unfair and blah, 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 blah. But if we bring in a left and a right back, which is basically 90% going to happen, right? Like Alcon himself is saying in the press conferences and everything. So I'm going to assume if we bring them in, I would bench Kadam at right now, bro. Yeah, I would, pl- I would so. play Budish and Zaha at this very moment. And mm-hmm. look, maybe, this is, maybe we're blending two conversations together right now with Kerem and Barish, but Kerem is not playing good football right now. There, there's no way around it. There's no if ands and if ands and buts. He's not playing good football. That's it. And mm-hmm. I mentioned this before. Sometimes what you need is to have a seat and watch the game. And by watching the game, you can get a different perspective and you can find different ways to improve yourself as a player, right? But, but, but right now, Barish is doing more for our team than Kerem is. And I know people are going to complain. They're going to say, last game, Kerem scored this free kick. He did this, he did that. And yes, I know, but things are starting to amount now. Like we had a moment when he got subbed off that was like heart-wrenching, bro. Like, the fans started making some noise and like Kerem turned around and was just about to start like clapping them. And then he realized he was getting booed and it like his face just changed. And bro, that was heart wrenching to see. Bro, that ruined me. Man. It did. Like we, we played an amazingly fun game, amazing comeback, beautiful second goal to win it all. They booed the shit out of him. And then, and then to see that bro, like fuck me, They booed man. the like, shit out of him. So th- this, this is what I'm saying, bro. Like, you know, you, you know that's going to hurt Kadam, bro, as a player, obviously. Kadam's going to say, bro, I'm trying my best. I'm working my ass off in training. I'm, I'm even scoring goals. And still, I'm still getting fucking booed out of the arena when I come off. It's, it's never good enough. So that's why I think he just needs to take a step back and just reset himself. Mm-hmm. Right? And he can, he can come back in when he's in a little bit better form. Sometimes that, that's what you need. And I think that... If he does that, we can keep Budish in the starting 11 while yeah. also hopefully winning Kerem back. You know, because like I said, you bench, you bench Budish now, then what's going to happen? He's, he's just starting to get attention, bro. 
His, yep. his price tag is going up. So yep. it's so tricky. It's such a tricky situation. Like we have Ziyech, uh supposedly come, jo- rejoining our team, but it looks like he, he couldn't give half of a shit to play, for, to play for us anymore. I think he's totally disinterested. So I don't know if he's leaving or not, but still, that's another guy to add into the, to this whole mix for that position. Right? So yeah. that's what I would do right now. And I think he deserves to be playing for us right now. Yeah, I completely agree with you, John. And I think the timing of it actually works out perfectly in a way, in an unfortunate way because of the whole Kenem situation you explained. But listen, Zaha has been in form. He is scoring goals. He is excited to play for this team. You can hear it in his interviews. You can see it in his celebrations. He is just... We're starting to see the Zaha that we thought we would get from day one, right? He's still not quite there, but he's he's getting there. He's he's exciting. He's scoring goals for us. And his position is left wing, which happens to be the same position that Kedem is competing for. Mm-hmm. You have Dries Mertens, who's playing pretty damn well lately. Can he keep it up? TBD. But we're rumored with a 8-10. So maybe some support coming in there maybe instead of getting a winger we're getting a number 10 and i think that fits with what's going on right now and obviously the right wing position budish has been doing a very good job so i agree with that entirely and it'll be good for keda and i think i think that's what okanhoja would do too i'm on the fence a little bit actually because he might not want to lose keda uh as as they say but i think he'll realize that this is what's needed for him too and i wouldn't be surprised if keda says look hoja I'm all for it. Like, I'm, I'm down to sit a little bit. 100%. Given what he experienced today in this game with the fans, yep. he, he might not mind it either because I think he'll be the first to admit that he's going through some shit too. Give, even though I think he's a mentally very strong, and I've said this before, mm. I think this is what's needed for him. And those who love him will tell him the same. Uh, so, Icardi's back too. So, you, you don't need Zaha playing striker anymore. Hopefully, Icardi picks up his form as well. Um, and yeah, maybe that's what we'll see next game. Yeah. Um, and you kind of led in to the next thing I wanted to talk about, which was Icardi. Um, Icardi had an offside goal today, which, well, two okay. offside goals, I think, right? Uh, one. He had the one where we, we thought for sure it was a goal. That was like our third goal. And then he had the one where he kind of chipped past the keeper, right? That was offside. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So right. technically, he had two offside goals, but um, I, man, I'm not even sure really where to begin with Icardi. And I feel that the fans a little bit are becoming a little, like, maybe not divided yet, but like the beginning of the line in the sand might be starting. And the reason why I say that is because you have some fans that are saying... Oh, you know, Akardi, we paid so much money for Akardi and, you know, he just, he goes on vacation in the middle of the season. He does this and he does that. And then you have the other side of the fans, which me personally is the side that I'm on that you say, well, you know, if we look at the facts, he's not really getting that many scoring positions. He's not really receiving the ball in very dangerous areas very often, right? And, you know, I think some fans just sort of expect some magic and something out of nothing, but I think it's, it's a little bit unrealistic, but I I can tell, I can see it in his face. He's dying to get on the score sheet, bro. Like he's dying to get some momentum going. Um, and it's such a shame that, that, uh, uh, third goal that we almost had was offside, um, because he really, really needed that. I could tell he really wanted it. But what do you think about the Accardi situation? You know, like, do you think he's just going, you know, he has bad form? Do you think we're just can't get him the ball? Like, what, what do you think's going on with Accardi? I think it's a little bit of both, right? He, he played for a while while he was injured. Like, we have to remember that being injured and playing is not easy. On top of that, we haven't been getting them the ball as much as we used to. That adds to the frustration. When you're a striker, a lot of it is about form and how you feel, right? It's about that striker touch, that striker finish. If you start to lose that because you're not getting the ball enough, you're not scoring your goals that you usually do, it starts to topple on one another, right? The injury, not scoring goals, 
the team not playing as good as they used to, this all affects Icardi because Icardi is Galsai. You know, he he lives and breathes Gala. If the team is not doing well, that affects him mentally as well. All this stuff adds up in my opinion. But I think the most important part is, is the fact that we're not getting him the ball. Like he's not getting as many chances as he used to. You can say he's not in shape like he used to. That's where a lot of criticism comes to. Yeah, and I too. agree with yeah. it. I agree with it. Is that is that because he's not staying on the exercise regimen that he's supposed to be? Is it his fault? Maybe. Is it because he's been injured and he hasn't been able to? Maybe he's been resting like he is being asked to by the medical team. And that's why he's not in the same form that he is. Maybe he's going to get in that form the more minutes he plays. It could be all of this. But I understand the fans' frustration. Either way, however you look at it, whether he's guilty or not, I understand the frustration. Because this team is escaping, you know, these many of these games over the last couple of months by one or two goals. You can argue saying our XG is high, we're hitting the post, we're not getting penalties. This is all accurate. But at the end of the day, you look at the score sheet and then you compare yourself to your rival. You look at Fenerbahce, you look at how many goals they're scoring, how many goals they're scoring in the first half, how easily they're scoring. This all kind of adds to the frustration a little bit. And then you look at yourself and you say, why am I not scoring goals? And you look at the guy who's supposed to be scoring goals for you, which is Icardi, and he's not. So it's a lot of little things, which some of them I think are trivial. Some of them are not fair. Some of them are fair, but it all adds up. However you look at it, when you stir it up, it doesn't look good. But I think you made a really good point, and it's the most important point, is Icardi has that hunger still. It's not like he looks like a player who came here to sit and vacation and just chill. He didn't leverage his, you know, all the fans' love for a big contract and now he's going to chill for three years with his wife and kids in a beautiful place in Istanbul. That's not the case. I, I see that passion. He, when he doesn't get the ball, he's frustrated because he wants the team to score. When the other players, his teammates score goals, he's happy as if he just scored. That is a teammate for you. That's a leader for you. That's a captain for you. So as long as all that other stuff, even though he's not scoring goals, is still operating as usual, I'm okay. I, the goals will come. He is a world-class striker. He's world-class. You can't deny that. And that's not something that you lose overnight or over a couple weeks. It might get hindered because of an injury. His wife has cancer, I believe, right? Uh, I don't know if right. she has gone over it or not. I don't know the current status, but she got diagnosed with cancer. That affects people. Like I said, it's a lot of th- little things. I'm not here to make excuses for Icardi. He needs to pick it up, but I have full trust he'll return. And I think Adam Tumor, Dusan Uzbek, and co. can do him a huge favor and this team by finding a number 10 or a creative midfielder that makes those passes. More often than not, we're seeing Khan Aihan, Barakan Kutlu at back positions today. We're seeing Kerem, who's off form. We're seeing Barish Alper, as good as he is, we just talked about. He's not the best at finding your striker pinpoint passes or crosses. You have Martins, who's been doing a good job, but not, he's not necessarily, you know, like his sole job is not to constantly find a card. He needs help as well. You know what I mean? So, right. um, We'll see, man. I I understand the frustration, but I'm I'm pretty chill right now. Um, I'm okay. He's finding his goals, right? He even though they're all a little offside sometimes, he's getting into the positions. He's scoring. That in itself feels good for him as a striker. Even though he's not on the score sheet, I know for a fact that makes him feel good, and he knows it's right there. Like if it's offsides today, it's not offsides tomorrow. And we saw against Istanbul Sport, we talked about it with Emirat, that goal that he scored that was waved offsides was not offsides. The second goal he scored today where he, Halid was offsides, he did everything he needed to. It wasn't even his fault, right? He did his job, he scored, but Halid happened to be a couple inches offsides. Okay, you feel, you know, you're upset about it, but you won the game and you did your job. This is all moving in the right direction for me. So it's only a matter of time before we start seeing a Cardi score two, three goals a game again. Yeah, absolutely agree. And you could tell that he feels some type of responsibility, you know, and um, like responsibility to score goals and perform and, 
you know, do all the things that he was doing last season. You can really tell he he knows he has that responsibility and, um, you know, a, a bit of pressure as well. Like when you're in such a tight race that we are, you know, tied on 60 points with Fenerbahce, like, you know, you could tell there's there's some pressure there and he's just trying his best to just break out of this form. But um, yeah, absolutely, man. Like he's not exactly surrounded right now with players that, can really get him the ball and that's got to be frustrating as well but I, I i yeah i think slowly but surely bro i think it's a matter of time before um he, he sort of gets back on track um but if if we can sort of steer away from that i i wanted to mention um i wanted to mention the uh, subs from okan today um sure. I'll I'll go through the subs quick and uh, a couple couple points about them that I found interesting. So um, we started the second half by bringing in Zaha. We were down to one nil. We brought in Zaha, um, and uh, yeah, we brought in Zaha and I took Kerem Demirbay off. And then in the seventy first minute, we brought in Tete. We took off Berkan. And we also brought on Halil and took off Kerem. And then towards the end of the match, the last 10 minutes, we had Mertens come off for Ndombele and um, uh, Davidson Sanchez come off for uh, Ayup Aydin. And to be honest with you, so first I thought he had pretty good subs today. Like he knew we had to score. He didn't wait that long before he started making changes, which was good. Um, but... You know what I found interesting? <laughs> like, I don't know if this was just a coincidence or I don't know, but um, Halil made an instant impact. Yep. He, he really did. Like, Halil made an instant impact. And I've been, I can't remember if I was trashing him on the podcast, but just in our conversations <laughs> as well, I've been trashing. The, I wrote him off. I wrote, the, I wrote him off completely. I said, dude, this kid is so useless. I can't wait for him to get the hell out of here. I think I have, I think I... I think Emre asked me about him last episode we recorded, but I couldn't believe it, bro. Like he got the assist on the first goal and you, you always knew that in a match like this where we're down one goal and we're just pushing, 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 pushing. You always knew when we get the first one, they're dead. Like yeah. if we get one, you're dead and there's nothing you can do about it. So I don't know. He came in and just, he was able to get that assist and we, we're just looking different. Like I'm, I'm not sure exactly what difference he made, but I don't know. He, it, he did seem to make some type of difference. And, um, we were able to get that, that first goal for Zaha. I loved his celebration, by the way. He's such, he's a baller man. But, um, what, what did you think about those subs in general? So we had Zaha, Halil, Tete, Ndombele, and, uh, Ayup Aydin. What, what did you think? I thought Zaha, 45th minute at halftime, was a great sub, right? Yeah. Um, you know, in terms of who came out, I necessarily, I didn't necessarily have strong feelings on who should come out. But he took out Demirbay, who I thought was actually okay in the first half. He had an incredible free kick, obviously, that came off the crossbar, right. one of our five shots off the bar. Mm. But I, I thought he moved the ball pretty decently, you know, a couple of mat passing mistakes, but... You know, okay, fine. You want you you want to bring in somebody who is a little bit more offensive, who can create something, who can shoot. Fine, okay. And he had an amazing impact. Back in Kutlu, he so he brought out a left back for a winger who ended up playing like a left back. Is is that what you saw? Real quick, was Tete? I mean, Tete looked like he was playing the wing, but at the same time, it looked like he sometimes was a little bit more back and played like a back for us. I'm not sure what really happened there, but. Um, the Halid Davisholo sub, I loved it. I don't know if you saw my message in the group chat. As soon as Halid came on, I said, hey, I kind of like this because he's good in tight spaces, in the attack. Mm -hmm. he, so I think we can all agree. He's not a striker. Right. right? He's kind of right. like that makeshift, like behind the striker, yeah. eight and a half, second striker, not really a 10. But he's like, he fits there somewhere behind the striker, right? And I like him because I think he's decently technical. He's not necessarily the smartest player on the pitch. He, does, he doesn't necessarily have the best finishing. But you put him in tight spaces and he can kind of make his way around. He finds his passes to his teammates nearby. And at that point, we needed a goal. We were attacking, attacking, attacking. 
basically in and around their box, right? We just couldn't thread the final needle passes a couple times, right? So he comes on, and of course, we're attacking. I think it was Zaha who passed it to him. He controlled the ball, looked up. No, maybe it was not Zaha. Maybe it was somebody else who passed it to him. And then he passed it to Zaha, who was like coming in from outside the 18. Right. And he had, he found his shot. Like he did his job immediately. He He was in tight space. He controlled the ball. Kept his head up, found Zaha, and we scored. Beautiful finish. Mm. Like, that's what you expect from Hadid, right? So, I'm very happy with that. He found a second assist that ended up not counting later in the game. It's now a matter of using him properly, right? Like, he is a very specific type of player for a very specific way that we're playing. You you can't start him as striker. Yeah. Can you start him in the match? Maybe, but it depends on the opponent. Like, are we going to be in and around their box again like we were hit today? Or are we gonna, is it going to be back and forth? Are you going to... Because if, if you need Halid to, like, run up and down the pitch, I'm not sure. I'm really not sure. I'm still trying to figure him out myself. And we've been watching him... What is this? His second, third stint with Gala yeah. under multiple coaches. I'm still not sure what he's good at, <laughs> like on a consistent basis, which is why you rightfully wrote him off recently, as you said you yeah. did. And that's not just you. That's probably 90% of Gala fans, if not more. I get it. Um, it's tricky, man. I, I'm, I'm still not sure. And I'm sure Okan Hoja is kind of questioning or still trying to understand the situation himself, too. Um, but, you know, if we can keep using him like this on a need-B basis... Let's let's see where it goes. He's not necessarily very expensive. Uh, he wasn't expensive to bring in, if I remember correctly. He wasn't, you know, maybe a million, I think, or so, something like that. So he's he's still of younger age on the younger side. So maybe he can still develop into a, a player that is consistent at one role. We'll see. But a good sub by Okan Buruk. Um, and Dombele came on. Uh, he rolled around on the pitch somehow, some way. He Almost cost us a pretty dangerous <laughs> position, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Uh, he, he did that last game too, by the way. Um, so, I'm not sure, man. And Dombele, he, he... Obviously, if you look at our subs, there's not necessarily a lot of good options. So, you know, bringing on Dombele at the same time, bringing on, you know, uh, A. Biden, that goes to show you what we're working with. I'm not saying A. Biden is a bad player. I want him to get minutes. But when you really need a goal... And you're bringing on a young midfielder. I'm not sure. Uh, I think it goes to tell you like what kind of options that you do have on the bench. So hopefully we bring in a little bit more support, so we're not needing to count on Ndombele. Uh And I'm not sure if he has a future with us either. We'll see on that one. But it worked out, right? We just saw we were attacking. Yes, that they were kind of good on counters. They were kind of scary on counters, right? They had a couple pacey players. Mm-hmm. Like Markovic, uh, I believe it is. Um, but we were pretty disciplined. Obviously, when you have Davidson Sanchez back there, it was a very pacey defender. Makes you feel a little bit better. If it was Nelson and uh, Abdul Kenim, then it's a little bit scary, right? right. But uh, he gives us a lot of trust in that way. And he said, look, we need three points, right? We're not 10 points clear of second. We need to win this game. It's at home. And he had his own little record going, right? Like, because we won this game, I think he broke the record for uh, the most, the highest win streak for a Turkish manager in Gala history with 15 now. Amazing. So, congrats to Okan Buruk. He, he earned this game himself. Like, obviously, thank you, Barışal Perimaz. Thank you, uh, Zaha, for the goals that you scored. But uh, this is one of those games where I can say that Okan Buruk, as a manager, with the subs that he made, the changes that he made, he won this game, yep. so huge props to him. Yeah, yeah, he got it right. He definitely got it right. And I have my complaints about Okan Buruk, but I also give praise when it's due as well. And I think it's due today because I think he really got this right. And um, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see what happens there. My uh, regarding Okan Buruk, my the the thing with him and the thing that could happen that would kind of separate me from him would be if, if we're not able to get past this round in the Europa League. That, that would leave quite a horrible taste in my mouth regarding Okan, to be honest with you. Like I, that, that's just me personally because I find that inexcusable. Um, 
But for now, you know, sometimes they might not be pretty, but he's getting results. Whether, you know, you like it or not, you might not like the way we're playing. It might be a little sweaty, you know, these <laughs> one-goal games, but a win is a win in my book, you know? Yeah, and I briefly touched on it with Emre last week when we uh, last episode when we gave Okanahoja credit is look at the look at the players that we have right look at the bench that we have the squad that we have I agree at the beginning of the season it was very exciting to see the names of Ziyech the names of Zaha and all that Tete an, an exciting young Brazilian player with high market value but over the course of the season there's been question marks on the consistency of these players both on the pitch and also just availability, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, your back positions. Of course, now, you know, we had Sasha Bowie who had that right position on, on lock. But look, we brought in Angelino who we brought in to be a very attacking player who we got excited is going to whip in these beautiful crosses for Icardi, who's going to support our, our team in, you know, getting the ball to Icardi in the box. Didn't turn out that well. Ziyech has played maybe half the games that he could have, maybe that. Zaha took a while to get in form. He was injured. Uh, you know, a lot of these players didn't really turn out the way that we thought they would. And I that, that's not Okan Hoja's, Hoja's fault, is it now? Like, he, he doesn't dictate if a player has a passion to play or if he has right. the availability to play their injury status, yeah. right? So, um it's been it's been difficult for him, and I think he's done pretty well. I again, I'm not saying he's done a great, amazing job. I I still think with the players that we have compared to the league and the opponents that we have in the domestic league, we could look better. You know, we could be scoring a little bit more goals, but you can easily pull up the stats for me. You can pull up the xGs for me. You can pull up the the number of times we hit the crossbar and say, Yasin, what do you want me to do? Right? Do you want to make the crossbar thinner so these these shots go in? Yeah. No, but, uh, you know, let's see how things go, man. Uh, he's he's done a pretty good job. And you, I agree with you, right? That the next round of the Europa League, I'm sure, is going to have a lot of people angry if we don't make it past, right? No doubt. But then, but then you have to evaluate the players that we did or didn't bring in uh, for those games and the availability. So we'll see how things turn out. Hopefully, we continue to say nothing but positive things about Hoja. But there's nobody on this team the squad or this organization that is free from criticism, uh, whether that's Okan Buruk or Kerem. Um, but in the process of criticizing, it's always important to remain respectful. And I say that again because of what happened today to Kerem. It honestly really upset me. But it was good to see the uh, the Twitter hashtag that was opened up afterwards. Sevioros, uh, Sene Kerem or something mm. like that. Like, we love you, yeah. Kerem. So, um you know, we we can't be like the other organizations, right? Like that you know, whistle their players constantly, that shit on their coach, that fire their coach every three months. Look at Bishitash, look at Fenerbahce, right? Like they are constantly changing players, coaches. Hopefully that isn't who we are. I don't think that's who we are. Um, but just wanted to go on that little tangent. That I, I think I got sidetracked, but... Um, when we're talking about criticism, I, I thought of Kerem again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't know if you had uh, anything else about this match to mention or if you wanted to preview the next one. Did you have anything else you wanted um, to mention? No, not necessarily. I think we covered everything. Um, great game by the guys, so hopefully we can keep it up. Yeah, absolutely. So the, the next one then is this Friday. Uh, we're going to Samsung. We're away to Samsung Sport. This is uh, Friday, February 2nd. Um, Samsung, they're not necessarily having the greatest season. They are only a couple points out of uh, a relegation spot. Um, they're kind of hanging around, though, you know, dipping in and out of relegation and... Um, yeah, we'll 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 see how that one goes. They they recently, uh, I believe, they were the ones that took points from Fenerbahce. They Fenerbahce. yeah, they tied one one. So I don't know. Maybe this won't be uh, exactly a walk in the park. You know, um, what what do you what do you think of the match? And uh, I'll get your uh, prediction as well. Tough, tough game. Um, they, I think now. 
during the season, there's no such thing as an easy game. We're seeing that with our games. If you're keeping track of our rivals, Fenerbahce, they're having trouble too. Even considering how deep their squad is, how how much better they are compared to their rivals, they're also struggling. And that's because if you look at the standings, a lot of these teams are very close to relegation, but also very almost safe from relegation, right? Mm. So uh, everybody's going to be fighting. Every point counts, especially against these bigger teams like Gala and Fener. And with that said, people want to take points from Gala and Fener. If you look at the discrepancy, the difference between Fenerbahce and Gala size, 60 points, Versus third, Trabzon has 37. Nearly twice as many points as so crazy. third place. And it's halfway through the season. <laughs> that is unprecedented. Like I've never seen that before. Um, to our older fans, I mean, I don't know if you guys have seen that before. That is wild to me. Yeah. Like, no one's close, That's bro. incredible. No one's hanging around. No, it's Yeah, it's kind of a blowout already, right? Bro, Trabzon in third place is closer to relegation than they are to oh second place. God. By by a Dude, margin. That by is, margin. Holy shit. When you put it that way, that is crazy. Yeah. Actually, it might be exactly the same. I'm sorry. So 60 to 37 points and 37 to 23. So basically the yeah. same thing. That still, is wild. That's still unbelievable. Yeah. So... Yeah, with that said, man, Samsung's gonna want to get points. Like that, that would be historic for them. Oh, we took points from Gala. You know that that is something that they will be happy about. You know, there's there's prims, there's bonuses being yeah. handed out. You saw it today before the game. Apparently, I don't know if this is true or not. I think it was denied, but Gazantep was apparently gonna get bonus money, not just for a win, but also a tie. Right? Like they're getting rewarded for even just getting a tie against us and. I wouldn't be surprised if that's the case for any of these other teams that are going to play against us throughout the rest of the season. So um, it's going to be tough, man. Like you said, they they took points from Fenerbahce. They looks like they have other draws recently. Um, Samsung is a big club with big fans, right? They I'm sure that stadium is going to be full that day. They have quite a bit of history behind the club, even though they maybe haven't been in the league in a while now. They're a historic club. So uh, it's going to be tough, but we have the better quality players at the end of the day. And from my understanding, the only injury that we have right now is Abdukerim, right? So I expect a similar lineup. Maybe the change that we spoke about before will come to fruition with Kerem on the bench, Barish on the right, Zaha on the left, Icardi continuing his thing. I expect a win. I think they have a good pitch. Um, they're not in Sivas area where it's going to be freezing cold. So I expect a nice football game. Hopefully we win this one. Oh, by the way, tuning my own horn here, I, I predicted a 3-1 win for this game. Uh, and I almost had it. So close, I should have had it. You were like, I, I had think, it. two inches offside. Two inches away from <laughs> having that. Yeah. yeah, I was actually about to... I did ask, thought we won 3-1 for a second. I was about to say, oh, I predicted it correct. Because that's what I thought when we scored yeah, the third. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fucking offsides. But um, no, I want to predict 3-1 again. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I don't necessarily trust our defense 100% with the lack of backs. No such a Bowie, no Abdukenim. So they might score one, but we should win 3-1. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I will just echo everything that you said. I won't go into too much detail. I agree with you exactly. I think it'll it'll be a, a, a bit of a tricky one. Um, I'm going to predict a 2-1 win. And I can't wait, dude. I can't wait to go on Twitter and see people saying, oh, they won because of Thailand. They won because of Emre Kulunch. They won because of Okan Kojuk. I can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait for it, bro. When probably they're going to have absolute, they're just going to play like shit like they always do. But somehow we won because of them, right? Yeah, listen, man. I, I would be careful with saying that only because it does feel like these players that we have on loan are ex players. They just burn us. They they they, they love to perform, yeah. man. They love to perform <laughs> against know. us. They love to send a message of some sort. And that's sort. what's crazy about people always saying that we're playing against our own players, dude. They're burning us left, right, and center all the time. <laughs> I remember. Remember when Thailand scored, bro? I swear that bicycle. Yeah, bro. That's the first thing that I bro, thought. Motherfucker never did fuck? that in training. What the fuck, the bro? Game. He's never done it in his whole life, bro. He's been playing football probably since, since he was like four. He's never done it in his whole fucking life. But this, the day he plays against us, he does it. That's what I'm talking about. Like, what the hell are these guys saying, bro? They're burning us all the time. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, hopefully not this time. So we'll see, we'll see how it goes, bro. Um, but yeah, if that's everything, I can uh, hit you and all of our listeners with an outro here. Go for it. Thank you, everyone, for listening to, I believe it was episode 77 on the road to 100 here. Um, thank you guys for listening. You can follow us on Twitter at the Lines Then GS, Instagram at the Lines Then GS. If you'd like a Discord invite to our Discord where you can come hang out, talk about the match, talk about transfers, talk about whatever you want to talk about, let us know. Send us a message on Instagram or Twitter. We'll send you that link. And that's all for now. Catch you guys on the next one. Thanks again for listening. Thank you. Peace.